today on Word of Grace Radio with senior pastor and teacher, Joe Marquez. Another way that God reveals himself then, first through creation, secondly through conscience, through the way we think. In Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 16, it says it this way, For when Gentiles do not have the law, do instructively the things of the law, they have no Bible, don't have it, not having the law are a law to themselves, in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. In other words, through creation and through man's conscience, God has revealed himself. God has revealed himself. In other words, men know right from wrong. God has placed that in them, but they suppress it. Right? It was Ray Steadman who said, there's no such thing as an atheist. Even communists. We'll, we'll admit that. When Khrushchev was over here, he used the name of God frequently. Stalin one time, when, when he was told that he, they had won a battle, he said, he cried out, thank God. Your word of grace offers healing to the nation. Your word of grace brings peace and unity. stronghold Your word of grace sets the captive free Oh, it will strengthen the believer and gives us power to release Word of Grace Welcome to Word of Grace Radio a radio ministry of Grace Calvary Chapel located in San Antonio, Texas. We pray that God uses these sermons to bless, encourage, and help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, Pastor Joe is in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. The title of this sermon is, The Wrath of God. Here is the first half of this verse-by-verse study with senior pastor and teacher, Joe Marquez. So, the wrath of God. The most famous sermon preached, uh, ever preached in America was probably Jonathan Edwards' Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And if you remember taking uh, American literature, you probably had to read that uh, sermon. Uh, That was given in Enfield, Connecticut, July 8, 1741. And yet, the concept of God's wrath is totally out of sync with the modern church and with modern Christianity. There are uh, Christians who say that they believe in God, but they believe in a God of love and and not in a God of wrath. And some incorrectly imply that uh, the God of the Old Testament was a God of wrath and the God of the New Testament is a God of love. He's since mellowed out. And yet, I would say, well, when's the last time you've read the New Testament? In fact, today, modern-seeking churches draw huge crowds, never mentioning sin or judgment, and much less the wrath of God. But 
telling you God loves you, offers you abundant life, full of peace and joy and love, and he'll help you with your problems. He wants you to be happy. Won't you invite him into your heart? And there's never any mention of a holy God who is justified in his wrath against sinners. Uh, Richard Niebuhr once said that a God without wrath brought men without sin into a kingdom without judgment through the ministrations of a Christ without a cross. Uh, That's fantasy land. There's no such place. Uh, And it's interesting how the Apostle Paul begins the letter to the Romans with, you know, a bunch of nice things to say, right? I've been praying for you. I I really want to go to Rome. I want to see you. I want to speak with you. Then he tells them, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. Uh, Right? For the Jew first and then the Greek also. For therein the righteousness of God is revealed, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And then, for... And this is how he ties it together. This is, I've given you the gospel. This is the beginning of the gospel. What's the beginning of the gospel? For the wrath of God. And when's the last time when you were sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, you told somebody, the wrath of God is against you. You know, it's, it's something that we have left out for a long time. Like I told you before, we have become a... Christians of fluff. Uh, we're like that, that Mexican event or uh, comedian, fluffy. We become fluffy and we become a bunch of girly men, so, so to speak. And, and, and there's, we've left truth out the door. Remember, God is a God of love and a God of wrath. And, and it's like his love and his wrath are, are train tracks. And they run parallel together. And so Paul begins to declare the gospel with this, with what you may call bad news, the reality of where man finds himself. We're going to limit these five verses to maybe one sentence. It would be, God is just in pouring out his wrath on the human race because we have sinfully rejected his revelation of himself and have worshipped the creature rather than the... Creator. So let's look at the wrath of God revealed, first of all. For uh, the wrath of God is revealed against, or from heaven, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Uh, the wrath of God, the Greek word is, is orge. And in this sense, it means a, uh, a swelling up of anger that is controlled. Uh, there are two words mainly that, that were used for wrath or anger in, uh, in the Bible. One is orge, the one used here. The other one is thumas. And, and the word for thumas is uncontrolled anger. It's that type of anger you tell somebody something and they just, they, they go off, right? They're just angry. They're, just, you know, they, uh, it, like a volcano, there's all of a sudden, you don't know when the volcano's going to blow, but there it goes, poof, when there's that. But God's anger, his orge, is, 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 it's like water behind a dam. It's been building up ever since the creation of, of the world. And if you've ever seen a dam, there is water that comes out from the side of it. 
And so every now and then, you know, the wrath of God, water will come out, and it'll flow out as we'll learn about wrath. It flows out every day in different ways and forms, and I'll explain that to you in, in a bit here, how the wrath of God is revealed. Uh, orge, or God's wrath, is God's settled opposition to and displeasure with sin. It is God's wrath. God's wrath is his holy hatred of all that is unholy. Unholy. Uh, MacArthur says that orge signifies the strongest kind of anger, uh, which when reaches its fever pitch, God's mercy and grace will be fully exhausted. He won't have anything left, in other words. And so the gospel message then begins with this statement about the wrath of God. But we very rarely want to talk about judgment. Right? In fact, one of the things you often hear is people will say, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Or you have no right to judge me. And, and truth is, I, I, I'm not doing the judging. God is doing the judging. He's already done the judging, in a sense. You've already been judged. That's just the reality uh, of it. Uh, Hebrews, speaking of God's wrath, Hebrews 1, 9 says, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Ephesians 5, 6, Let no man deceive you with vain words. Because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the sons of disobedience. So wrath, uh, let me explain it to you how it's revealed. It's revealed in three different ways at least. One, when we think of God's wrath, sometimes we'll think of his final wrath. Right? We'll, we'll think of what's called the great white throne judgment, where he brings all of those who, who have never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and, and he judges them at the end. In 1 Thessalonians 1.10, it's called the wrath that is to come. In Romans 2.5, it's called the day of God's wrath. And that's what most people think about when they think of God's wrath. They think of his great white throne judgment. He's going to judge everyone and everything and he'll bring, he'll settle all the accounts. Right? But there are a couple of other ways in which God's wrath is revealed. Secondly is God's provisional wrath. Uh, this is, uh, in a sense, God's wrath revealed through the public administration of justice. Romans 13.4 says this. Speaking of those government officials that God has Put into place. What does Romans 13 says? Is obey the government. Because God has placed them there. And then Romans 13, 4. For speaking of these servants, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So, if you're going 55 miles an hour this morning, in a 30-mile-an-hour zone, and you got a ticket, that's part of God's wrath. That's the reality of it. And in fact, when God created Adam and Eve, once they sinned, then what came? Death came. Disease came. Uh, and all that came into the world. Because people will, will wonder, you know, why do people get sick? Why do people hurt so much? Sin. Ultimately, the, the reality is sin and God's wrath or God's judgment against that. 
And whether it's your sin directly or sin indirectly, all of it is, is tied together to his judgment or his wrath against sin. It, it's, that's the reality of it. And so we are held accountable for everything that we do or say. We're, we're, we're free moral agents. We're free to do whatever we want to do. God's given us that, that great freedom. You, can, you don't have to obey the traffic laws. You can run a red light if you want to. No one's holding you back. But you have to remember you are responsible for everything that you do and say. And so you, you then have to understand there are consequences for every decision that you make. Right? Every decision. And while you may get away with running that red light once or twice or three times, eventually, a policeman's going to stop you. Or even worse yet, a car is going to T-bone you and maybe even kill you. Sometimes it'll be for a person who ran a red light just the first time. That's the reality of it. For every, every decision we make has a consequence, whether immediate or eventual. So God's provisional wrath. And then finally, there is God's permissible wrath. And we'll see that coming up in verses 24, 26, 28, when it says that God gave them over. He gave them over. In other words, I'm going to let you do what you want to do. I'm going to take my hand off of you. I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do. And because man is what? Has a heart that is deceitfully wicked. He doesn't even know his own heart. He's going to end up doing some very deceitful and wicked things. And so God's wrath is revealed from heaven. Uh, it's always revealed from heaven against those who mock his name, who reject his, his truth. Uh, it was revealed uh, in the worldwide flood that drowned all of mankind except for eight souls. It was revealed... Uh, in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, it was revealed in the drowning of Pharaoh's army. But do you know what the greatest revelation of God's wrath was? It was when he poured out in full forth his wrath on the sinless Son of God, Jesus Christ on the Son. When, when Jesus took the sin of the world upon himself, that was the wrath of God placed on his Son. He took all of the sin of mankind and took that judgment, the fierce wrath of God. Uh, notice it's against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Always means that God's wrath is universal. Every human being who's ever been born is under the wrath of God. Everyone. Hopefully you've taken care of your relationship with Christ so that you're not under his final wrath. But you may be under his provisional wrath because of actions that you've done or said, uh, whether directly or, like I say, indirectly. All against all ungodliness. Ungodliness uh, is one who has a lack of reverence or worship toward the Lord. And ungodliness leads to unrighteousness. 
So if you have a lack of reverence or worship toward God, then it leads directly to the way you act, which is unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is the word adikia. Adikia means what is right or just. You put the prefix a in front of it, then what is not right or just. Uh, ungodliness unavoidably leads to unrighteousness. Because men's relationship to God, if it's wrong, their relationship to other men will be wrong. And you've heard it put in this way. Uh, you need to get your vertical relationship right so that your horizontal relationships can be right. And if your vertical relationship to God is wrong, then your horizontal relationships will be wrong as well. So what happens to those who ungodly and unrighteous? And it says, continuing verse 18, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. They, they hold down the truth. They won't let the truth come into their hearts. They push it down. Uh, the Greek word katecho is, some, is the picture of putting one's weight upon something in order to restrict its free movement. You're holding it down. Gusick said, Every truth revealed to man by God has been fought against, disregarded, and deliberately obscured. Every truth. You know, for decades, the news media behind the Iron Curtain served a very different purpose than here in the free world. While airline accidents in the West got coverage, they almost always went unreported in the Soviet bloc, as were crime, crop failures, nuclear accidents, and anything else that might raise a question about the efficacy of communism. And the truth was suppressed so that the populace would not grow aware of their need for a cure. They suppress the truth. They don't let it come into their hearts or life. Uh, Barnhouse gave, it, gave an illustration. He, he told a story of, of a group of godly farmers in the Midwest who were at church Sunday morning. But, but they were hearing the neighbor across the street from the church plowing his field on Sunday morning. And he's plowing his field, noise from his tractor interrupted the worship service, and as it turned out, the man had purposely chosen to plow his field when everybody was in church. Purposely chosen to do it. And he wrote a letter to the editor of the local paper asserting that although he didn't respect the Lord or honor the Lord's day, he had the highest yield per acre of any farm in the county. And he asked the editor, how can Christians explain that? And the editor wrote back to him, God does not settle all his accounts in the month of October. Eventually he'll settle it. No doubt about it. Every human being is born into this world is a child of wrath. Wrath of God is upon him. Every human being. And until they give their life to Christ, they're held under that wrath and under the penalty of it. Like Barnhouse said, the wrath of God is like a great water impounded behind a dam. Um, 
And yet, Christ knew that, uh, or God knew that one day he would pour out his wrath on his son, who gave his life for us, who became sin, that, that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, and that's the only way to take away the wrath of God from our own lives. And so hopefully, while we may suffer the provisional wrath of God in our lives, and each human being does, one, one way or another, that's the reality of it, uh, I pray you never have to suffer His, his last judgment, but that you give your heart to Christ. The wrath of God revealed, the wrath of God justified. Is God justified in his wrath then? Well, Paul explains it this way. It says, for what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. You know, one of the questions that, that people will get, or Christians will get, they'll, they'll be asked, well, what about the... The aborigine in the middle of Australia who's never heard the gospel. What about, you know, somebody in the middle of Africa who's never heard the gospel? What about the Mongolian who's never heard the gospel? What about him? These next few verses explains it in such a way that no man has any excuse. Man is without excuse. There are no excuses. I know we're, we're people of excuses. Right? It's, it's always somebody else's fault. It starts when we were little kids, right? Who did that? You know, they're, they're everybody looking, you know, who are you talking to? What? It's not me. It's not mine. That's not mine, or, or it's not mine. I didn't do it. I, it's not. And then it just goes from there. We become adults, and we're still doing the same thing. I didn't do it. It's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. Nobody wants to take personal responsibility for their life. And yet, that's an essential Christian doctrine. The man who sins is responsible for his sin. You don't place his sin on, on, on his children. And you don't place the children's sin on the father. Everyone's personal responsible for themselves. So what is plain about God, or what can be known about God, is plain. It's, it's visible. Everyone can see it. Everyone can hear it. It's plain to them. It's displayed before them. And how so? Because God ha has shown it to them. You may say, well, how has God shown it to them? God has shown it to them. Like I said, no one can ever plead ignorance of God. Well, Psalm 19, 1 and 2 says it this way. The heavens are telling, or the heavens declare, what? The glory of God. And their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. One of the ways that God reveals Himself then is through His creation. You look at the moon, you look at the stars, you look at the planets... There's a God. There's a God. It, it, it's revealing to every mankind. Another way that God reveals himself then, first through creation, secondly through conscience. 
to the way we think. In Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 16, it says it this way, For when Gentiles do not have the law, do instructively the things of the law, they have no Bible, don't have it, not having the law are a law to themselves, in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. In other words, through creation and through man's conscience, God has revealed himself. God has revealed himself. In other words, men know right from wrong. God has placed that in them, but they suppress it, right? Uh, It was Ray Steadman who said, there's no such thing as an atheist. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's Word of Grace radio episode as Pastor Joe goes through the Bible verse by verse, simply teaching the Word of God. Did you know that you can find this podcast to listen to it again, even download it or share it with someone by using Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as our church website? You can also get information about church service times, submit a prayer request, donate to this radio ministry, or get in contact with Pastor Joe directly on our church website at gracecalvarychapel.org. But we would love for you to come visit us in person at 9107 Marbach Road, Suite 225, near Highway 151 in the Lackland Sea World area. Well, Senior Pastor and Teacher Joe Marquez would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. It has truly been a blessing for our church. So until next time, we pray that the Lord would richly bless you with His Word of Grace.